On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, part one of our special series entitled The Pioneers. Welcome to episode 40 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. We're back with something off the beaten baseball path as for the next three weeks, you'll be getting two episodes a week. We'll have our regular Thursday episodes, but we'll also have a new episode earlier on in the week as we take a look back at baseball's history in this province and one era in particular. This series is called The Pioneers, where we profile the three cities that hosted Pioneer League baseball, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, and Calgary. We'll start right at the very beginning with the first team to make its debut, the Lethbridge Expos. Baseball hit a fever pitch in the southern part of the province in the 1970s after decades of solid club teams and leagues, as well as a few barnstorming MLB player visits. There was a sense more was on the horizon. The Lethbridge Lakers debuted in the Alberta Major Baseball League back in 1972, a league that saw several big names stop through. But you got the sense in reading articles from the Lethbridge Herald in those days that team president Reno Litzy wanted more himself. Just two years later, word started getting around that one of the relatively new MLB squads was looking to get a Pioneer League franchise. That team was the Montreal Expos. The St. Louis Cardinals were also interested in Pioneer expansion, but that didn't end up happening for a couple of more years. In November 1974, the announcement came the Lethbridge Expos would take to the field the following summer. While trying not to get everyone's hopes up for the team's debut, one Montreal official at the announcement proclaimed, quote, I can assure you that you will see the slam-hangiest, hustling baseball club you have ever seen. Many of Montreal's 1975 draft picks ended up playing that summer in Lethbridge, including first-round pick and shortstop Art Miles, as well as second-rounder Dale McMullen and third-rounder Mitchell Coppola. And oh yeah, a guy by the name of Andre Dawson. We'll get back to him in a second. The Lethbridge Expos made their debut at Henderson Lake Stadium on June 25, 1975 against the Great Falls Giants. It didn't start off well, though, as the Giants picked up an 8-0 lead after the fifth inning. The home club made it interesting, though, scoring a few runs over the next four innings, clawing back to make it 8-7 in the ninth before the Giants finally stopped the bleeding. Skipper Van Kelly wasn't totally dismayed with the Expos' effort, though, applauding their refusal to quit. The club ended up losing their first three games of the season before finally beating the Giants in their series finale on June 28th. That first season saw many ups and downs for the new franchise, and right in the thick of things was a gentleman by the name of Alan Simpson. He was the Expo's first general manager, and he's also the founder of Baseball America. In researching this project, I was able to track down Simpson and have the chance to chat with him about his time in Lethbridge. Alan, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh, Joe, it's my pleasure. Take us back to 1974, 75, and where were you? How old were you? And how did it all come about that you ended up coming to Lethbridge? Well, I was a, a guy with a passion for baseball. I grew up in British Columbia, more specifically in, in Kelowna, and I had always uh, thought for about 10 years I, w- I was going to have a job in baseball. And, uh, 
in a very roundabout way, I got uh, jobs in baseball before I actually came to Lethbridge. I had spent three summers in Alaska working for uh, probably the best uh, summer baseball team in the country, oddly enough, in Fairbanks. And uh, I was uh, three years into that, and I was thinking it's time to maybe uh, maybe pursue an, another opening. I just happened to be on my honeymoon on uh, – I'd gotten married in 1974 after the last of my three seasons in Alaska – and I was on my honeymoon in in, uh, in Florida, and I got an indication that the Expos were looking to put a uh, a Pioneer League club in into Lethbridge. So I just uh, conveniently uh, ended up in Montreal about three days after that, and talked to Jim Fanning, who was the general manager of the Expos at the time, just to pursue this uh, this potential opening there. And he didn't necessarily have say in terms of who the general manager was going to be but i got to know jim pretty well on that trip and uh, he certainly put in a good word for me and i guess when i got back to uh bc uh from my honeymoon i just contacted uh reno litzy who was the uh, president of the this group that was putting this team in, in the left bridge and i went over and maybe a couple couple of uh weeks later and, and talked to reno and, and this board of directors that was putting this team together and uh Quite uh, to my surprise, in, in a sense, I got hired on the spot. So I, uh, that was in October uh, of, uh, of 1974. And, and uh, so I moved to Lethbridge, worked for the Canada Winter Games that were in Lethbridge that year and began, uh, as soon as that ended, I started my, uh, just as it turned out, one year with the uh, with this Pioneer League, League club that had come into uh, Lethbridge. I was at the time I was I was 25 years old. Yeah, talk a little bit about being a 25 year old and being in charge of a club. And granted, I don't know how much, or maybe you can go into this is how much say you had in player personnel and and that kind of thing. And and being that young, you're you're not much older than a lot of the players, even. Well, no, I wasn't actually. I obviously there was uh, Reno and the uh, the 20 man board of directors who made a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the big decisions, and I was uh, I was there mainly uh, to uh, to run the club on, on uh, off the field in terms of uh, just getting uh, a lot of things ready, uh, selling advertising, and just uh, doing a lot of the business decisions. And I didn't have much say in the uh, actual uh, drafting of players or just or just uh, just anything to do on the player side. The Expos took care of that themselves, and I was it was my responsibility just. To fill in the off-field stuff to just make it all all work. And I just, uh, you know, I, I really had, had wanted more of an interest in, in the actual on-field itself. And it just uh, uh, it wasn't the way it was structured at the time, but it was, uh, I was quite happy with what I was, uh, what I was doing there, nonetheless. Take us through that process of launching a, a new team in a, in a new city, new idea in terms of affiliated baseball in Southern Alberta. I mean, the Expos were the first one, to arrive here before the A's in Medicine Hat in 77 and Cardinals in Calgary also in 77. So you guys were the first on scene. Was it a tough sell in Lethbridge? Were the fans clamoring at the idea of having some future ball players play in, in their homegrown ballpark? Well, uh, uh, Lethbridge really had up until 1975, a pretty good history of, of some, some pretty quality baseball. They had, uh, uh, off and on, and since I guess in the sixties, we're members of the Western Canada League with Calgary and Edmonton. I guess uh, uh, that uh, wasn't the case uh, beyond, let's say, 1964 for another five or six years after that. But uh, in the immediate three years before that, they were members of the Alberta Major League, and mm-hmm. that was a pretty good league. It was again Calgary and Edmonton and teams like that, and they were bringing in a few college players. So the quality of baseball was pretty good. 
I think uh, the group in Lethbridge was uh, eyeing a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, a better brand of baseball, and they thought professional baseball was a, it was was the next step to go in the in the Pioneer League. And the Pioneer League at that time it had four clubs. One of the teams uh, in uh, in Ogden, Utah, was uh, was independently run, so it didn't have a major league affiliation. And I think uh, that's how it came to be that the ex- at Lethbridge was a prime opening once. Uh, once I think um, uh, the president of the Pioneer League at the time, Ralph Nels, and, and the Lethbridge group approached the Expos about uh, coming to Lethbridge, and that came to be. So it was effectively the Ogden Club that uh, moved to uh, moved, moved to Lethbridge with this uh, with this new affiliation. But uh, it was um, you know I just because, because that they they'd had this pretty good quality of, of baseball, seventy two through seventy four, and the Alberta Major Baseball League. It's uh, it, it was uh, the, the, a lot of the mechanics were already in place, and it wasn't not, not necessarily something new for the fans of Lethbridge. But coincidental with all this, uh, after the '74 season, the, the stadium had burned down. Henderson Stadium that uh, had had burned, and uh, they built a brand new stadium. So so as the Expos came in in '75, they were moving into what. Uh, what was effectively a, a brand new grandstand, so that that uh, that added to to the appeal. When you look back on on teams, especially those first few years of Pioneer Ball, is they had some pretty good players that went through, and you had one in particular, Andre Dawson. Walk us through your first impressions of him when he came into town, and what you were expecting, and did he exceed expectations when he actually took the field? Well, yeah, he certainly did exceed expectations, but. Uh, Coming in, he he had been a an eleventh round draft pick uh, from Florida A and M University. He signed for a bonus of two thousand dollars, and uh, so the expectations were not not uh, not great. Now he had some knee injuries, I guess, in when he was in college. I think he played some football initially there, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think there wasn't great expectations. Mel Didier was the person that was looking after the. Uh, the player personnel for the Expos at the time, he happened to see him in, in college there and, and took, a, took a liking to him, so he came to Lethbridge, and uh, it was pretty um, apparent right off the bat that he was a player. He played center field, and the other player that he played that had quite a prominent season the, the first year there was a fellow by, by the name of Andrew Dyes that played right field, and I thought they were kind of equally as a, as a talent, but Dawson certainly separated himself after... Uh, after what was a great uh, rookie season, and then he really took off the next year and uh, was up in Montreal almost in, in uh, I think, at the end of the 76 season. So he, his climb to the big leagues was was significant, and uh, he did lead the league in home runs that year and dies, led, led the league in RBIs. And uh, So, I, I, yeah, Dawson was quiet as can be and uh, just very respectful as he, as he was throughout his big league career. And, but, boy, that talent, and he just carried himself – like a professional right off the bat, and uh, it, it was it was apparent right away that he this kid had a, had a chance. Any challenges when it comes to bringing a bunch of newcomers to the pro game into a city that's new and bringing in a, a bunch of different cultures, I guess, all into one that way? Because uh, I remember talking to Lloyd Mosby when he was inducted into the Canadian Hall of Fame last year. And he had to laugh about one day waking up in his hotel room and hearing, you know, the sounds of cows and that coming. And it was a medicine hat stampede. And so whether it was whoop up days or anything else, were, were there any challenges on that front uh, in getting players to uh, to kind of get used to the idea of, hey, you're a long ways away from home? 
Well, yeah, in some cases, a lot of these kids that we got there that uh, first year were right out of high school. That's uh, we got most of the uh, Expos draft picks from the from the '75 draft. We got the first rounder Art Miles, and the second rounder was uh, was um, Dale McMullen, and Mitch Sapola was the third round. None of those guys went to the big leagues. And in the case of Miles, it was obvious that he was. Uh, he was a pretty good uh, prospect, but uh, he was very erratic. He made a bunch of errors. That's typical of, of somebody that's uh, that's coming um, into into the game right out of high school, whether you're a first rounder or not. But uh, the, the unfortunate thing with Miles, a couple of years down the road, is that he was in West Palm Beach, was which was the next level up uh, in the Expos farm system, and he that team won the league championship, and he. As part of that celebration of winning that championship, he dove into the uh, intercoastal waterway off, off west off West Palm Beach and and uh, hit the hit the bottom uh, just uh, which was unbeknownst to him about three or four feet down and broke his neck. So his career was over basically at that point. Just kind of a, a sad uh, reflection in terms of where Miles' career went. But uh, yeah, most of these kids would come in and out into town and. and uh, Right out of high school, in a lot of cases, and uh, they were just uh, you know, lost in a way. Uh, they, I had uh, people that that uh, one of the players in particular brought me his, his signing bonus money and said, "What do I do with this?" And so I got him, I sent him off to a bank, and then just uh, put it there temporarily until he could maybe invest it a little bit. And you know, we had to find uh, accommodation, help find accommodation for, for most of the players, and uh, otherwise they were. Uh, they were at the ballpark a good, good, good uh, amount of time and just uh, basically followed follow along and with, uh, with playing baseball every single day and on the road half the time and stuff like that. But uh, there were there were certainly some, some cases of, of helping young players, 17, 18, 19 years old, just to, just to help get their feet on the ground a little bit to get their careers started. Mm-hmm. When you look back on your time personally in Lethbridge, what sticks out most for you? Well, it was just, um, it was working with a great bunch of people there. Reno, let's see, as I mentioned, was the president of the club. There are 20 uh, directors uh, on the club, just a great uh, group of people there. And uh, just being exposed to professional baseball. I'd, uh, the previous three summers, it was, uh, I'd been with a semi-pro club in, 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 in Alaska. And uh, so there's no real exposure to the, to the professional game at that point. But um yeah, you just got to see all the exposed people that uh, would come into town. Uh, the president, John McHale, at the time of the Montreal Expos, came, and uh, pretty much everybody that uh, was associated with with the Expos would would pop into in, in, into Lethbridge at some point during the during the season. So there was some some acquaintances I developed that way. But uh, just being the general manager of a professional baseball team, I thought was a pretty neat deal at the age of twenty five. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things too that, as you look back on it, and and clearly you've had a quite the career when it comes to baseball. And yet, as you were mentioning to me before we hit the record button, is this might not have exactly been the frame of mind because after that one year in Lethbridge, you were thinking about, hey, this might not be the the way it goes. Walk us through um, sort of your career and how it ended up coming to be where you ended up masterminding Baseball America. Well, I I had developed quite a passion for baseball, I guess, almost when I was a young teenager, I guess, and I had this dream that I would uh, get involved with the game in, in, in some fashion or another. And uh, so I, I, I did everything I could, I guess, to to get to 
make myself familiar with the game and went play went uh, tried to to uh, you know just uh, do it growing up in Kelowna and, and doing things around there. I knew it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna take me very far. So I uh, actually uh, uh, in the three years prior to coming to uh, Lethbridge, as I mentioned, I spent uh, three summers up in Alaska, and our team went back and won the national. Uh, semi-pro championship in Wichita, Kansas, each of those three years. We had Dave Winfield and Floyd Bannister and Steve Camp and a lot of those players that were on those teams. And I think that just uh, fueled my enthusiasm to keep uh, going in, 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 in the game. And, and uh, so I got this job in Lethbridge. And I, uh, as I, as it turned out, I was, uh, I was only hired for six months of the year. I was making $700. I'd just gotten married. And I came to the realization, you know, I, I've got to get on with my life here at some point. This working six hours, six uh, months of the year is, is just not going to not going to get me uh, very far. So I just made a decision after that first season, as much as I enjoyed it, that I had to go back and finish off school, which I did, and uh, became an. I went back to the Okanagan and, and became an, an accountant for, for for three or four years, but. Uh, while I was doing that, I, I think I got the realization, you know, I really do want a career in baseball, and I'm not sure how to go about it because I was still having to, all these immigration issues that uh, basically caused me to, to stop and, and, and after Lethbridge were still there. And, and uh, so I came to the realization that maybe the really only one of the only things, one of the only options I really had at the time was uh, was starting a baseball newspaper. I was a huge fan of this the sporting news, which covered baseball tremendously in the, in the sixties and the better part of the seventies, but it was, it's baseball coverage was, was falling off quite significantly in the late seventies. And, and, uh, so I just decided, well, if nobody else is going to jump in, well, I'm, why don't I jump in? I knew it was going to be a, a, a heck of a challenge, but, uh, so that's how baseball America came to be. It's, uh, I, I moved to white rock BC and, uh, set up uh, an office in the home of my garage there. And, uh, so for the first couple of years, uh, Baseball America was published from there until I got an opportunity to, to sell it and uh, sell a portion of it and, and move with it to uh, Durham, North Carolina, which is where I am at, uh, at this point. If you could go back in time and meet up with a uh, 24, 25-year-old self, do you think that you'd be shocked at how far you've come and what you ended up doing with your life? Well, yeah, it's definitely gone a different direction than I anticipated. I just uh, I had thought baseball might be in my future there somehow, but I just, uh, with all the immigration hurdles that I had to clear at the time to, to move on from Lethbridge, that um, it, uh, I, I thought I was a, d- a dead end. I just was getting on with my life, and I had no sense that I would get back into baseball and uh, and have it take me where it's uh, where it's taken me over this thirty five years. And uh, baseball America is obviously thriving still, and and. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, the life expectancy of a newspaper is, would, would have been that great, especially under the circumstances. I tried to get it off the ground because I had no publishing experience and just uh, capital. Uh, I just had a very uh, just a, a limited bank account and uh, just as a one-man operation, but uh, managed to get it up on its feet. And uh, and here it is, almost 40 years later, still still going. And uh, I'm retired now, but I still. Uh, uh, keep a pretty close tabs on what's going on there and uh, and stuff. So it's uh, yeah, I, I I would never have envisioned when I was in Lethbridge that uh, uh, forty some years later I'd be in Durham, North Carolina. 
It's an amazing career, something that uh, is amazing to, to read through. And, uh, fantastic to be able to uh, regale in some of the stories. I do appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, Joe, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. The Expos would last just one more season in Lethbridge before a change of affiliation turned them into Lethbridge Dodgers from 1977 until 1983. They actually won the league titles in 77, 79, and 80. Several factors led to the Dodgers leaving town after the 83 campaign, including the sale of beer at the stadium. A weird one there. The Pioneer League came back to Lethbridge in 1992 as the Mounties came into being. They lasted until 1995 when an affiliation was announced with the soon-to-be-new Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, they actually didn't come into the majors until 1998, which coincidentally was the final year for the Lethbridge Black Diamonds, who moved to Missoula for the 99 campaign. The winds of change certainly followed the Pioneer League's existence in Lethbridge. For more on this story, including quotes and photos we found in the Lethbridge Herald's archives, head to albertadugoutstories.com for our full story. As for the parent club, the Expos actually weren't done with Alberta yet. More on that in episodes to come. Again, thanks to Alan Simpson for joining us on the podcast, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you love baseball history like this, make sure to share this episode on all of your social media platforms and tag us as well. Like I said, this is just part one of our special trip down memory lane and would love to hear from anyone who remembers these clubs. And don't forget to subscribe as well as we'll have another episode ready on Thursday and another Pioneer League feature next week. Until next time, thank you all again for all of your support of Alberta Dugout Stories.